Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi there. I'm Brett Saunders, and welcome back to the Brett Saunders Podcast. This week, we go back into the archives to 2003 and my conversation with Lou Reed, founder of the Velvet Underground. He had a magnificent solo career, and he was also known for being, let's face it, a little difficult. So you will hear in this interview a very nervous version of myself circa 2003. A couple of reasons for that. First off, he was one of my all-time idols. Second of all, he was known for being very difficult in the interview process. And I was told just before this particular interview that Lou Reed had walked out of an interview in Los Angeles about three days beforehand. So I was pretty nervous. I hope you'll forgive me. It's not one of my best interviews. But Lou had some fascinating things to say about the music business and his current album at the time, The Raven. So here's Lou Reed recorded in KBCO Studio C back in 2003. Brett Saunders here in the KBCO Studio C, and it's a privilege to look this gentleman in the eye and say thank you for your music, sir. Lou Reed joins us. Oh, thank you, Brett. Last night at the Boulder Theater, Lou, the show was therapeutic, and it was joyful. It seems like you're having a lot of fun with this band. I couldn't be having a better time. I'm surprised it's legal. <laughs> We're doing wonderful material from the Velvet Underground on up. The reception that you received to some of the music on The Raven last night must have been pretty gratifying. Very, very gratifying. I must, I must say I was very, very surprised. I mean... They stood up and cheered at the end of uh, my version of The Raven, which is on my Raven album. It's me rewriting Edgar Allan Poe's famous poem. I was so happy to see that, and I think some of that has to do with the Bing College students, because they really got it. Other friends have flown and left me, flown as each and every hope has flown before, as you no doubt will for the morrow, but the bird said, never more. When I listen to The Raven, I realize how contemporary Edgar Allan Poe's work remains, even though he wrote in, in the 19th century. Is the infinite freshness of Poe's material one of the things that attracted you to this project? I was so struck by how contemporary he is, besides the fact he's so musical. And these days, with the incredible number of problems that we can sit and worry about, Edgar Allan Poe seems really appropriate terrorism, AIDS, SARS, take your pick, terrorist attacks, hit-and-run drivers. It's fantastic how much is out there these days that you're bombarded with that uh, could be disturbing. There's Edgar Allan Poe and his characters dealing with all the things that rock their psyche. So to me, it's very contemporary, but he's also... So musical and very articulate and such a great use of language. There are things on the double disc set, like the piece Fire Music, and the way you build a, what I perceive to be as a wall between Steve Buscemi and Willem Dafoe in the cask, 
that that captures the horror and the power of Poe's writing. Was it difficult finding the right musical settings for these sorts of pieces? I'm so happy you noticed that. That was one of the fun little projects setting up that wall between Steve and Willem, the music that would do that. That actually took a long time. And we were working on it, working on it, working on it, working on it. And then one of us forgot to throw a particular switch at the console and this other thing happened. And that's the one that's there. We said, <laughs> wow, that's great. We should never tell anybody we did it by mistake. <laughs> Say, no, that was completely thought out. We had a great piece of music, but then there was a couple of machines that got turned on by mistake because the computer went back to a previous setting for, from another song. You would understand that. And there it was. It was just great. Now, fire music, I'd been working on fire music because fire music was... I was trying to see if I could do something like an album I made called Metal Machine Music I did a long time ago. I wanted to see if I could still, if I could do something like that computer generated. And that was just after September 11th, so it kind of reflects my feelings on that subject. You have a new compilation set out, a two-CD set called NYC Man, actually, is, is the title. Yeah. I've read that you don't listen to your past work very often. What was it like going through the vaults? Well, I don't listen to it because all I hear are the mistakes. But by remastering, I had the opportunity to go over this stuff because the record company got in touch with me and said, you can pick it, you could sequence it, you can be in charge of the sound to remaster, not to remix, to remaster. Okay, great. So... I picked the tracks, and I've tried to do this once before. They couldn't even find some of the tapes because uh, these ta it's not like people, it's not like these companies take care of the tapes. They're sitting in a warehouse in Jersey on the floor, and on a dirt floor. It's really, it's not like they're in a humidified room being watched over carefully. So anyway, they were able to get all these tapes, and then uh, engineers had to bake them because uh, they were oxidizing the rest of it. But with the contemporary technology, the original tapes really sound great, way better than the CDs that are made from them. So I wanted to up the ante, and like I said, I know every mistake on there, and I can't stand listening to them. Uh, but here was a chance to go over those mistakes. For instance, in Coney Island Baby, the foot pedal for the bass drum was very clicky. For whatever reason, who knows? It uh, that slid by, and instead of sounding like a foot pedal on a drum, it sounds like a pencil clicking on a table. It makes me crazy. So we just went in there, and on the original tape, boom, there it is, fixed. So to my mind, it's better than the record by a lot. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you see yourself going back and uh, working on more of your past projects uh, since you found this to be a rewarding experience? Well, 
I guess it'll only be if it sells, because I said I would love to do part two, part three, part four, because it's not a greatest hits, really, because I don't have greatest hits. I have a hit, and it wasn't even that. You know, it's like, for me, it's a hit. I had a chance to put together what, to me, would be like a new album, because if you notice, it's not chronological. It's more uh, emotional and theme and... I hesitate to use the word opera, but it's the way things flow. It really makes sense. You know, It and the Raven are kind of similar in a weird way. It's, uh, it's been pointed out to me that, um, you know, thematic and the way they flow. Probably everything we did on the Raven spilled over into the compilation, you know, that way of thinking about it. Plus, I've learned so much over the year. Experience must count for something in the studio. We're not talking about pretty good. I'm talking about the best. I already did pretty good. I want to be better than anybody else, have them not even be close. That's the sounds on these records. That's, you know, that's serious. I'm really serious. I mean, it's my idea of fun, but it's serious fun. Perhaps you're setting the standard then for uh, future artists when, when they go back and do an overview of their work, and this is what needs to be done for the music to be heard correctly. I absolutely think other artists should do this, because if the artist isn't there, it won't get done. Not the right. There's only one person who knows what it should sound like. That's the person who did it. We're hearing a lot of news about the woes of the music industry right now, Lou. You've, you've certainly heard about them, digital downloading and record sales not being what they used to be. But as a veteran of the industry, what do you see happening to the so-called music industry? Well, I'll tell you what I would do. First of all, they, you know, just because you made a CD didn't mean you have to make this ugly, ugly piece of plastic to package it in. This junk with tape on it that gets people mad and when you open it, it breaks and you feel like going to a record company and shooting the people who made it. So I don't blame anybody for stealing it, downloading the rest of it. On the other side of the coin, they're hurting the wrong people. That's the musicians. If it was me, I starting tomorrow, I would package CDs in album covers. I mean the old album covers with the big picture and nice notes and stuff that you would like to have and you can't download. And I think people would like that. I think they feel they're being gypped. When I get one of those things and open it up and it just, you know, after 10 minutes trying to rip the tape off and get that cellophane off, there's this, you know, and then there's this ugly, ugly plastic and then you throw it away anyways, garbage. Tiny print, tiny pictures. Where's a nice big album cover? So I would just do that except you have a CD in it. It's true that a lot of the magic has been lost from generation to generation when there was so much pride in the beauty of the artwork of an album cover. I mean, the CD package is pretty cold. I mean, we tried to go past that. I mean, on the Raven, the, quote, deluxe edition, the two CD, is a cardboard thing that unfolds, and there's a poster inside, and this, that, and the other. You know, we, you know and it's done by Julian Schnabel, who's um, a world-class artist, to say the least. In Europe, New York City Man, you can get a, a big vinyl copy of it, which is just amazing. And it's like this, so you open it up. I would have bought it. Lou Reed, what's the most perfect sound you've ever heard? Oh, we had some perfect sounds last night. Some of the solo Jane Scarpantoni was doing on her cello. cello yeah. Some of the 
amazing sounds that Michael Rathke was getting out of his uh, amazing collection of God knows what over there. And certainly Fernando's voice and his fretless playing, some of his solo last night. Every night I play with those guys, there's perfect sounds all over the place. Well, I want to thank you again for your music and You've made music that I grew up with and, and that I grew into. If it wasn't for metal machine music, for instance, I wouldn't be the Zanakis fan that I am today. I mean, I've learned so much from you, and I want to say thank you for that. That's an amazing thing to say because um, I got slammed so bad for that, and there was one review that compared it to Zanakis. But the other thing that's funny is 25 years after the fact, they repackaged Metal Machine, 25th anniversary. They don't mention it was taken off the market in three weeks. But even funnier is that a German, German avant-garde group named Zeitkrause did a transcription of it, and they said to me, can we perform this live? I said, it's impossible. They said, why don't you just listen to this thing we did? They sent it to me, and these guys notated these harmonics. It's unbelievable, because I really like Metal Machine. So they performed it live at an opera hall and a festival for avant-garde music uh, two years ago. I played with them, and they recorded it. It was amazing live. Think about it. Anyway, very nice of you to mention that to me. Well, you're like, very welcome. That's so far from left field, I'll be talking about it when I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, thank you I very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Lou Reed here. Brett, thank you. That will do it for this week's edition of the Brett Saunders Podcast. Join me next time. In the meantime, we have over 100 episodes online. Get them wherever you get your podcasts, including the iHeartRadio app. See you later. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.